0: Hey friends, just a quick reminder, if you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh, yeah. Of course you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif, and that's the Scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please.
1: Hey, folks,
2: this is Sean from Extra Star Wars, and you're about to embark on another episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. <laughs> this podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link red5.
0: Okay, my Scuttlebutt Nation, what is going on with your bad selves? Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, episode 178, I think, or 179. It's, uh, I don't know, look it up. Uh, you know better than me. But uh, we are um, recording our final episode of the year. And uh, I first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone that has supported the Scarif podcast here on the Red 5 Network and uh, who listen, who interact, who tweet at me or X me out or whatever the term is these days. Uh, just a big thank you and a big hug uh, for for all of you guys um, and gals and uh, three-lobed uh, beings or whoever's listening to the scare podcast out in the Twitterverse. Thank you so much for that. We are going out with a bang because uh, I decided to do a five-question episode, and you know that we uh, usually go uh, real deep on these questions, uh, but uh, I've got uh, one of my favorite contributors, uh, Scott Rifen from the Rifen Network. What's up, Scott?
1: <laughs> I'd still licking my wounds from last time you had me on.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. I've, for me anyways.
1: Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, it was fun. I mean, it was you know sometimes fun can be painful, but uh, yeah, that, that would that would count.
0: Absolutely, but uh, yeah, the uh, century mode. Uh, if you guys uh, didn't catch it with Scott, I know. Um, it's been circulating the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's uh but uh we have a lot of fun here. But um yeah, I wanted to ask you before we go into our uh five questions, what um how has 2023 been for you this year?
1: Uh 2023's been okay. Uh I I've, I right before the pandemic in 2020, I, I had a I got a lot of things straight in my life. Uh, one of which was no is not the worst thing you can say to people okay. and uh, i became very good at telling people no and then the pandemic helped reinforce that and now that we're returning to reality slowly but surely i have been losing my ability to say no this year and it has been it has not been the healthiest thing for me this year because it just it means that once again i'm finding myself in a position where i'm stretched way too thin and uh so my vow for 2024 is to rediscover no.
0: Yeah, interesting. So you've come full circle.
1: Yeah, I've come yeah. full circle. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, when you um especially when uh you know folks start up a podcast and a YouTube channel or whatever, I mean even you know businesses, I think uh people tend to say yes to everything and mm. it it kind of d- dilutes your your brand. Um and uh well, that's a good lesson to ha- to to learn to to be able to say no to people.
1: You do newsy things, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm 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 in broadcasting, and so it, we both kind of had a have a, a real community service component to what we do, and so I, I think a lot of what we do winds up being service, and then sometimes we don't know, sometimes it's hard to find that line where the service ends and where we have to have our our health and our sanity and our well-being. Sure. And uh, and so I, I that line has started to kind of get blurred for me again. And that's – so my vow for 2024 is it, you just got to start saying no to people again.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because uh, I'm sure you enjoy what you do as a career. I absolutely yeah. love, love it. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it, it is hard. It's difficult to say no. Somebody asks mm-hmm. me for help. Can you help me, you know, edit my reel? Can you help me shoot this? I'm like, I'm all there because I love – doing Mm -hmm. what I do. Um, But you're absolutely right. Sometimes you have to kind of back off and, and pay attention to your, uh, to your inner voice and say, you know what? I I can't do it this time around. Um, I need a vacation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did last week was, I I mentioned that to you. Um, Our company, which I will not name, uh, has cut personnel to the bone. And so there's a, an annual radiothon they do up in Augusta and they don't have enough people to do it. So uh, I got drafted to help out. And and again, you, you can't say no when you're raising money for a children's hospital. How do you say no to that? <laughs> right. You know? No, yeah. I mean, you, you are the biggest jerk in the world when you say no to helping out with the children's hospital <laughs> fundraiser. Uh, so, but so my days last week were, you know, get up at four in the morning, do a show from six to 10 from the hotel room back home, and then go over to the children's hospital and broadcast for nine hours. Uh, and then, you know, go back and crash. After that, so uh, that was Thursday and Friday last week. And after after the broadcast Friday night, I got a flat tire on the station vehicle. So I even better. oh nice. <laughs> when it rains, it pours. As they yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, and it was you know it was Augusta. It's not my town. Like if it happened here, it's my town. Sure. I know people. I know who to call. I know who will help me. I know uh, up there. I was just stuck. It was great.
0: <laughs> Technically, what what is that called? Sol.
1: Yes, yes, that is exactly what that is called. Sometimes TSOL if it's bad enough. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, let's talk about uh, some more uh, friendly things and some more happy things. I wanted to ask you, I I know um, we always talk about uh, Star Wars collecting and and things like that. Obviously, both of us have a very uh, nice array of of items behind us. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you pick up anything cool this year? Anything that uh, you're really proud of or, or an exquisite find you go out hunting, or I know a lot of people now just uh, click on Amazon and order you know, it, and then wait. But I love the I hunt. Hate
1: that. Yeah, I hate. I will not. It's funny because I like to buy the retro figures. That's about the only thing toy wise I'm buying right now is the retros. And uh, I've got a buddy who just keeps going. Why don't you just order them off of you know whatever oh, dot com? And I go no, nah, because that's shit. not that's not the thing. The thing right. is to go out and find it in the wild. Yes. So uh i'm missing a few retros still i'm actually we're going to the uh reedy creek improvement district saturday so uh i'm hoping to pick up a few things there uh i did get this at long last uh this week Oh which are yeah. now these are mandalorian seasons one and two for those of you who are playing the home game and uh they're the 4ks but i don't have a 4k player so I also had to buy these. Wait, they don't. They,
0: they're not backwards compatible. I think sometimes they don't. They also include a standard def uh, or no. I'm sorry, I not standard no, no. def, but HD. I don't. I don't think
1: these. Do but I. I mean, I hold they, hold
0: on to the receipt because I remember yeah. buying some HD movies and then they also mm-hmm. came with a standard definition disc. Uh, you would think oh, that
1: no, these don't come with a backwards disc. I can tell you that. Yeah. There's there's they only come with the 4K or the Blu-ray. So I got them both. Wow. Uh, Mandalorian seasons one and two I'm so happy for physical media I think I I think we talked about it on this program if I'm not mistaken yeah uh, in my belief that they were going to be putting this stuff out at some point because Iger recognized that they cut off a revenue stream absolutely by just, by just throwing away physical media and going all streaming and uh The proof is that I now have four of these stupid things. And so (laughs) clearly people will buy them and buy lots of them.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And uh, my next question is, why don't you have a 4K player?
1: Uh, You know why? Because (laughs) because my main theater room upstairs, I have a projector and it's a 1080 projector and I'm just – it's – I I don't want to buy a new one until I have to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. So when that one goes, I'll buy a 4K projector. But for right now, it's it's going great, gun. So I haven't really upgraded because there's no reason to. My my theater looks good. Absolutely, sounds like fun. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think
0: uh, I think my PlayStation
1: um,
0: plays regular stuff, HD stuff, and and uh, 4K. So. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy. It's a pretty versatile piece of uh, engineering that uh, played oh, yeah. in some. I'm
1: really happy about that. Oh, yeah. Now, did you have a huge score this this year? Or was there a big thing for you? Um, I went to go do some returns at Ross's.
0: Um, with, oh, boy. With the misses. And uh-huh. um, as I was standing there, you know, sometimes uh, I, I kind of uh, look for that familiar Black Series uh, box box. In the uh, in the toy aisles or, or just up front in the uh, point of purchase, and um, I did happen to to, to glimpse at uh, a figure that I did not have, and uh, luckily, it uh, it was the um, I talked about this with uh, my guests uh, last week uh, or two weeks ago on on the collecting show, um, a uh, black series. Oh yes, Grand Moff that Tarkin was- with the droid.
1: Yes. Those, uh, when I was in Augusta, I went to Ollie's and they were, they yeah. were legion at Ollie's legion. So this is uh this is a beautiful figure. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I think I may, I, I might actually, um, I might actually surprise one of our listeners with this. Ah, nice. Um, it was, you know, it was on sale. It was like four mm-hmm. bucks and I'm like, ah, you know what, yeah. this, this, this would be a nice little, uh. nice little gift for one of our listeners. So if you're listening, and I know know who I'm going to give it to, but I'm not going to say now. But, uh, yeah, if you're listening and you got it by the time that this uh, episode uh, comes out, um, yeah, congrats. Uh, My pleasure, and you're welcome. (laughs) And you're welcome.
1: (laughs) Ross seems to be the center of the universe for the blowout toys right now. I've noticed a buddy of mine called me. Uh, from a Ross in Atlanta the other day, while I was in Augusta, he called me from La- Ross in Atlanta, and they hit a, a Ray lightsaber mm. for sixty bucks, I think. So I told him, "Yeah, pick it up, grab it for me." So I haven't taken possession of it yet, but I'll be getting that. <laughs> sixty bucks is a good steal, you know. Sure, absolutely.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, Rosses around my area, and uh, but like you said, even at Ross's I I, uh, I enjoy the hunt.
1: Yes, absolutely. These figures for these figures. So That's the, the fun of it is finding it out in the wild. And it, you know, part of that is, it, it, and I think you'll relate to this. Part of it is that nostalgic thing that when we were kids, we would go to the store. This is what we did. We would go to the hunt. You know, we would look for that figure. I mean, good grief. Can we find a Jawa? Who knows? <laughs> right. You know, is, is, and that was the thing, you know, I never got a, a vinyl Cape Jawa, but, but I just remember it being impossible to find any Jawa. Uh, when I was that age. Um, and, and I remember, you know, waiting for the empire figures to come out. Uh, you know, I remember every time you'd go see a display of action figures, you'd go check it out see if it had that one that you wanted at that moment. Uh, and they were everywhere back then, grocery stores. I mean, I remember getting the, the indoor rebel soldier from a Spencer's for crying mm. out loud, you know? Um, and it vibrated for some reason. I don't know what that was all about, but anyway, huh. the, uh, <laughs> the, Interesting. No, no, but, um, uh, <laughs> You know, it it so that that I think that is kind of ingrained in some of us who were there during that era. You know, we yeah. did the hunt and I did the Marvel hunt. I was always yeah. every time we, you know, we'd go on vacation. Every time we get gas, I'm going in the store to check the spinner rack because they always had a spinner rack uh, and see if there's a Marvel Star Wars that I don't have.
0: Yeah, that's um, absolutely. I think I think you're right. I think uh, there was a, st- a toy store in my neighborhood called Cut Rate Toys, and um, we used to go in there. You know, the weird thing is that in the alley, for some reason, sometimes they would throw out some, you know, some packing boxes, and uh-huh. they might they might have missed a couple of action figures in the garbage. And I I remember finding really? a Tuscan Raider and uh, a Han Solo in uh, hoth gear. Um, that was wow. tossed, which is what color? <laughs> no, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the toy was blue, and it confused the That's hell right. out of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, yeah, we Just, used to we used to head back to the alley um, after it was. I think wow. it was like on Wednesday nights uh, to see if they threw out any uh, any Star Wars action figures by accident. So yeah, we we got a couple. All right. We, uh, we've got five questions. We formulated five questions. We're going to ask each other, and uh, this is kind of uh, off the cuff. We did not do any research. I love asking and, 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 and getting these questions. Um, usually they make you think. Uh, that make you go hmm, and uh, we uh, hopefully they'll they'll be uh, a lot of fun to answer. Um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you um, first of all the, the uh, you know Star Wars. Um, you know, it's a big thing in our lives. Um, I wanted to first of all, I, I'm going to ask you the first question, if you don't mind. I know you're the guest, but I really, okay. I, I'm really curious. Okay. Um, you know, Star Wars is full of just some uh, really amazing quotes. Um, you've got uh, Yoda, you know, being quoted. You've got uh, Saga Rera in the Andor series. You've got uh, all the mm-hmm. quotes and uh, memes from from here to Timbuktu. Or, or Tatooine, if, if if you catch my meaning, uh-huh. um, there is one uh, quote that uh, was said in the um, in the Ahsoka show that uh, I've been thinking about all week, and I wanted to get your take on it. But then I also want to ask you if there are any quotes that uh, uh, that you've been thinking about, um, if you remember, Balin tells um, Shin. Impatience for victory guarantees defeat. And I really, I was thinking about that, especially because we really don't know what uh, those two characters are up to um, in the overall scheme of things when it comes to the Ahsoka show. Uh, We get a glimpse of what uh, Balin is after at the end of the Ahsoka show, but I wanted to get your take. Uh, Impatience for victory guarantees defeat. And um, what do you think about that quote? But then also, do you have any um, any quotes of of your own from either some of the new shows or just Star Wars in general that uh, that make you really, you know, think for a
1: long period of time during your work week? During my work week. Uh, Let me first off admit to bad Star Wars fandom, if I may. (laughs) Um, Knowing that Ahsoka was coming up, I, I engaged on the project of trying to do a full uh, Clone Wars watch through And then a Rebels watch through And then do Ahsoka uh, I'm almost done with season 7 of Clone Wars So I've not gotten to Ahsoka yet Because <laughs> you remember that whole no thing That started happening <laughs> yes. um, It it greatly deterred me From getting any further than, than where I am right now So I haven't actually seen Ahsoka yet uh, It's on the list It's going to be a thing I'm going to do I'll watch it before I open up the Mando Blu-rays and watch them. But um Well, she's in uh, one of the episodes. She is in one of the episodes of Of, of Mando. Of, oh, Mando this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't is she in, in Oh, not not season three. She's, I think she's in season yeah, she's in two. Season. I was thinking she was in season three. Isn't that the yeah, season three. Isn't that the one where she Goes off and he goes off and uh Luke's there and yeah, because Luke only oh, yeah, showed yeah. the end of season no, yeah. two of this. So you're right. Um but but I uh, you know it's funny when you when you gave me that quote, you know what I saw? Which? I saw the opening screen from uh the opening shot from a Clone Wars episode. It just sounded like oh yeah one of those isms that they always have at the beginning of a Clone Wars episode.
0: And it sounds Uh, like impatience for victory guarantees defeat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's a very Jedi. It's a very kind of a Qui-Gon thing, really, you know, focus on the here and now. Oh yeah. Um, And and I would say that's probably, if I were to say that I ever ruminate on, on Star Wars quotes a lot, a lot of what I would ruminate on comes from Qui-Gon from episode one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He, 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 and what's interesting to me about Qui-Gon from episode one is that he gets things about the force that we, I think, come to understand the Jedi have either forgotten or have ignored, or, you know, he ultimately he was right about a lot of stuff because the Jedi have just lost their way uh in the prequel trilogy, which I, you know, I, I think it it's it's a great thing to watch and watch this unfold at the same time. I almost feel bad because Star Wars is not generally known for its subtlety, but that's a really subtle through line throughout the the prequel trilogy that unfortunately because it's subtle and people aren't looking for subtle, a lot of people miss that and then start criticizing it for goofy reasons. Um, but, but throughout that whole prequel trilogy, there is the, the message that, that the, the Jedi have lost their way. The Jedi aren't there. Qui-Gon is there. Qui-Gon is on top of things. Um, Qui-Gon, I think, has a better understanding of the Force and what's happening and what's going to happen than anybody else. He's the one who picked out Anakin when everybody else was like, eh, this kid," right. you know. He's not this kid. That was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, but we'll get into that later. Um, so I, I would say, you know, if I if I ruminate on a quote, it's usually a Qui-Gon one, uh, yeah, and that's absolutely. kind of what this one reminds me of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, when uh when you do get to that point uh in Ahsoka, uh we'll have to come back and uh talk a little bit about what you thought of, of the series. And um yeah, it's fun stuff. Uh there's some very interesting um tidbits of information in there. I think they expand uh, the lore of the Force a little and uh to the detriment of Sun fans, but uh we'll we'll uh we'll sit and talk about that.
1: But you got—I to, mean, yeah—and and, I've—I've heard some grumbling, and it's interesting. I've got a buddy who is a—a a writer in Hollywood, um, old college friend of mine, and we chat about stuff a lot. He—he he really, 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 really wants a Star Wars writing gig at this point. Um, but uh, when these shows wrap up, usually we get together and have a big call where we hash everything out. But we haven't been able to do that yet. And He keeps sending me notes. Are we ready to, we ready to discuss the so <laughs> okay yet? I'm like, not yet. Hang on, hang on. That's uh, uh, too funny. But, yeah, it's uh, – I got a list of people that apparently I need to sit and discuss Ahsoka with. But, you know, I've heard some of the grumbling about the the way that, you know, the Force has kind of expanded on, as you say. But I, I, I kind of feel like maybe we should – I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I kind of feel like we should maybe trust the Filoni who studied at the feet of the Master.
0: Yeah, Everybody is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are aware that, uh, he is the Padawan learner and yeah.
1: then, um, but, uh, um, Instead of a braid, he got a cowboy hat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. When it is time for you to, uh, decimate all your knowledge of Ahsoka, um, <laughs> give me a call. We'll, uh,
1: we'll definitely, uh, chat. Bring your friend. Let's- I will. Yeah, I'll deal, I'll deal him in. That would be cool.
2: All
1: right. I'm ready for your question. Okay. And and as I said, this is going to kind of tie into the Qui-Gon thing. And it's probably a little too heavy and a little too in-depth. But I'm going to do it anyway. Is Is Anakin the chosen one?
0: I'm going to say, of course he is, because George Lucas said so many times. (laughs) He said a lot of things, so that's the thing. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, obviously that's a great question. It's a loaded question. I think, uh, you know, um, it it all, it it really depends, too, on how you perceive or interpret the, the whole prophecy here. And I know the interpretation of prophecy is, uh, is very iffy when it comes to star Wars in general. Um, but I think as far as the question per se, is Anakin the chosen one? Um, I I would say, I would say yes. Um, man, he, you know, he did a lot of bad stuff. Um, but he, uh, he was also, um, saved, you know, and I've also heard that, uh, that Luke Skywalker was the chosen one because of mm-hmm. the fact that he saved Anakin. Um, so it's interesting. You know, I think the argument can be made uh, either way, but um, I think if you had to, uh, if I had to choose one answer, I would say, yes, Anakin, Anakin mm-hmm. definitely is the chosen one for, for many reasons.
1: Yeah. I agree with you on that actually. Cause I, th- I think again, going back to Qui-Gon seems to really be wiser in the force than most of the rest of the Jedi council. He's Pegging this. But also, you know, if you think about Luke being the chosen one because he saved Vader, but there is no Luke without Vader. There's no Luke without Anakin. Right. So again, uh, I I think Anakin's kind of the focal point of that. I think I think uh he is the chosen one. And he's the one, he's the one who actually brought the balance to the force. Sure. You know, through his actions. So yeah, I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah, and and it's interesting too. I mean, taking a look at the story of how Anakin was born. Um, Mm -hmm. he was born of the force, Mm -hmm. um, by no accident. I think, um, you know, there was a reason that the force, you know, manifested his existence, uh, for one reason or another. And I think it was to, to bring balance. I mean, Mm -hmm. why go through all the trouble if, uh, if he is not the chosen one.
1: Yeah. And again, balance, what people don't always get balance doesn't mean the vanquishing of all evil from the galaxy or the universe. It's. Uh, it means balance. That's what it means. yeah absolutely.
0: yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one because I, I think it's uh, uh, you know that's one of the questions definitely that uh, that people have uh, have been trying to decipher or discuss um, you know, examine, um, mm-hmm. from the beginning of, uh, of the fact that, uh, you know, when the prequels came out and the chosen one and the prophecy, I think, uh, even in the real world, um, you know, religious prophecy is always kind of a, uh, questionable thing because mm-hmm. it's up to the interpretation of, uh, whoever
1: is, uh, you know, discussing sure. the topic. Sure. You have people of, of some religions who believe Jesus was a very nice man, but it doesn't mean he was the son of God. And yet you have others, obviously, who, who uh, very strongly believe that he was. So, yeah. yeah. Great question.
0: Great question. Cool.
2: Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Steve from Rebel Rock Radio, and you are listening to the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast.
0: I have a question that I um, I stole from uh, someone that posted it a couple of days ago but I I'm always interested in um, in the effects of movies on pop culture on society And especially being a Star Wars fan, we always think about how Star Wars impacted mankind. And I don't say that lightly, because if you take a look at everything that Star Wars has contributed to not only fans and people that admire the, the film and the filmmaker per se, but the, uh, everything that went, um, into creating the film that has inspired so many, uh, from careers to technology to ideology, et cetera, et cetera. I think, um, you know, the impact on, on a film such as star Wars can, cannot be overstated. Um, so my question to you is do movies matter anymore? Rarely does a movie seem to have an impact, even if they make huge box office success. The impact of genre films in particular doesn't seem to have staying power anymore. Uh, we talked about Star Wars and movies from yesteryear. Uh, they obviously had an incredible staying power. We are still talking about Star Wars 40 decades later. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, in pop culture and society, Where are those types of movies nowadays? Do you think that era has come and gone?
1: You know, it's a lot of it's kind of uh, a lot of the Hollywood stuff is a victim of its own success as far as that goes, because think about when Star Wars came out. Do you do you remember when you first saw Star Wars? Absolutely. Okay, when was it? 1977, I was eight
0: years old. I was at the Adelphi Theater on Clark Street in Andersonville. I wanted a hot dog. I came out of church. I was hungry. My mom said, you know what? They sell hot dogs here at the theater. Why don't we go in? Let's just buy a ticket to whatever this movie is, and then uh. we we'll just sit there. And I'm like, okay, sounds like a plan. That Star Destroyer went overhead, and my life changed. Besides yeah. the fact that my jaw dropped to the floor along with the hot dog, my life changed mm-hmm. at that second. It was, and, uh,
1: and you were in Chicago. I am in Chicago. Yes, big city, big market. Um, see, I have a, I have a different story of how I first saw it, and uh, it's funny because you know, sometimes I'm I'm very interested in being very precise about things as much as possible. Um, so I started trying to nail down when I saw first saw Star Wars because I remember you know, we had the dark times, if you recall. Um, and then when Star Wars started coming back, I'd you know was reading a lot of the magazines and the comics and everything, and I I knew and, and I'd get on the forums and CompuServe and that kind of thing, and, <laughs> and I, you know, yeah, and people would always tell their their Star Wars stories. Hmm, that should be a podcast. Anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, so many people would say I saw it on opening day, May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. Sorry, and uh, so. I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I saw it the first day it was here. And then I said, but I know I didn't see it in May. And then I started thinking about it. And I said, you know, I remember that summer, I was completely nuts to go see this movie. But I also remembered that when we went on vacation, as I told you earlier, I would always check out, we'd stop for gas, I'd go grab the spinner rack and go to get the magazine rack and everything. And I remember finding this Warren Famous Monsters Star Wars special in there. And, and I was already really amped up to see star Wars. Cause my brother had already done a number on me right before school got out. Um, and so I begged my parents to, have you ever seen that special? The the famous monsters, star Wars special. Uh, yeah, I think so. It was the first star yeah. Wars thing I ever owned. And, uh, I asked my parents, please, 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 please buy this for me. I've got to have this. And they bought it and I spent the rest of the vacation just tearing through this thing. And, uh, You know, so we, I knew, I said, okay, so we go on summer vacation. Usually we'd go in July. So now you got May, June, July. And this was driving me nuts because I knew I saw it the first day. So I went to the local newspaper archives and started flipping through summer of 77. And uh, finally I started finding in July, the countdown. And sure enough, it came to my theater here where I went and saw it. The Lanier twin on the right-hand side. Uh, it came on July 29th so that's when i saw it wow okay. and it was yeah so it was it was uh it was rolled out kind of slowly as movies were back then um and you know i don't know how many prints how many screens it was on when it when it first started and then you know by june by july uh but it was it was there was a lot of anticipation and there was nothing else out there except that that we kids knew about. And then the second it was over, we wanted more and we didn't get much more uh, for a long time. And then the toys started showing up, you know, and all the fake toys started showing up first. And we went kind of crazy for the fake toys, the, you know, the not quite star Wars toys, Um, you know, Battlestar Galactica came out in fall of 78 and we got star Wars on TV. And then November 78, we got real star Wars on TV, but we probably shouldn't have had that real (laughs) star Wars on TV. And, uh, and by the way, uh, November 17th, 1978, when the Star Wars Holiday Special debuted, it was exactly 20 days after Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park debuted. So, you want to talk about the nexus of 1978 pop culture? You know, it's what's, right there in that 20 days. You know what's funny? I, for some yeah. reason, I remember,
0: and it's funny how false memories are, are kind of still ingrained in your head because, mm-hmm. um, I remember watching the Star Wars Holiday Special at the same at, at uh, by, back to back with that Kiss special. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, they, they were very it. close together. Yeah.
1: you know, in the in the cosmic scheme of things, they're right on top of each other when you think about it. Yeah, you know, there, the Kiss was on October 28th, and mm-hmm. then November 17th. It's not even three full weeks later. Yeah, the holiday special debuts, but but so the toy rollout was slow. Then we didn't have, we didn't have a home video. You know, we would catch it back in the theaters every so often. Uh, Sometimes during the same release, they'd bring it back a few times or or a re-release that would happen later. Um, So it had time to just sit there and take over our brains and our imaginations. And, and what I remember is the summer of 93. And I know I'm, I'm kind of, it sounds like I'm rambling, but I'm saying, I'm I've got a through line going here. I promise you. Summer of 93, I'm working retail. And, uh, the guys at the movie and working at the mall and the guys at, uh, at the movie theater come, Hey, we got this Jurassic park movie strung up. Uh, you know, we got it spliced together. You want to, we're going to show it tonight to the staff after, you know, everybody closes up. So you want to come see it? And I was like, yes, we'll come see it. Blew my mind as it did so many of ours. Um, and then we got the raft of merchandise at the store where I was working and tons of it, but you know what? Within about six weeks, they started marking it down. Started blowing. Now it was selling great, but they started marking it down. Why'd they start marking it down? I asked my, my bosses, why are they marking this down? They said, because we've got a clear way for the next thing, you know, whatever the next thing was going to be, we had to clear out space. We had to get rid of that. And it wasn't that it wasn't selling anymore. And it wasn't that it was, you know, dying. It's that it's time to move it out for the next thing. Retail, Uh, now,
0: retail, retail cycle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so now, let me take you forward again to 2015, where uh, the Force Awakens comes out, and you know, many more people now hate it than hated it then. Um, it was it was pretty widely embraced by a lot of people back then, to the point that Disney essentially had to kill it three months later. Because they had a pipeline of product that they had to push out, and they had to start getting ready for Rogue One. They had to put this thing out on video. Uh, that movie did well many months later, and again, they just kind of had to kill it to get it to to go away, so that they could move on to the next thing. Yeah, we didn't have that in the late seventies, but there is now there has become and developed a merchandise, home video, movie product pipeline. That is out now. It's slowed up right now because of the strikes, but you know there is this pipeline that must be filled, and it must always be refilled. And the next thing has to come, and it has to push that whatever that's big right now off the stage. So it's it's almost like because of that, nothing is really created in order to have that kind of staying power, because again the pipeline will just push it out of the way. And even things that we love, like we love Jurassic Park, but it comes and it's gone. We've loved a lot of these Marvel movies, but they come and they're gone because the pipeline. Iron Man, we all remember sitting back and loving because it was the only thing in the pipeline. Hulk came out a you know, few weeks later, I guess. But by and large, we didn't have the giant pipeline. Now we've got the pipeline. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons. I mean, yes, Star Wars, I think, speaks to us on a mythological level and something much deeper than than just uh, you know, a, a base action movie. It's why Star Wars did great and not Star Crash. So, you know, but but there's also the notion of of the product pipeline. We had anticipation. We lived with Star Wars on a constant basis because we couldn't just watch it whenever we wanted to. We couldn't run down to the video store and, you know, rent it. We couldn't we couldn't dial it up on our phones. Um we we got It's why we watched the Star Wars holiday special and hung on it. Because we, we didn't have anything. That's why I watched Battlestar Galactica every week because it was, you know, I knew Ralph McCory, I knew John Dykstra. So this was Star Wars on TV as far as I was concerned. Sure. Uh, it was the closest thing we were going to get to Star Wars on TV. I searched out the world for Marvel comics every time I could and just became engrossed in those things because, you know what? It's, it's, it's the only thing we've got right now that's Star Wars. It's it's new stories being told in the Star Wars galaxy, and this is that's all we got is those, you know, sometimes 17 pages a month. Um, so I, I think the pipeline is very different. I mean, I, I know I'm probably supposed to speak to just again the, the resonance of the themes, but the reality is that we sat and stewed in Star Wars for a long time, and nobody sits and stews in these things like this anymore. The closest thing I can come up with. That might be a comparison. Would be frozen some years ago, when Frozen came out, there was nothing in the pipeline because they didn't anticipate it was going to blow the doors off the way it did, uh, or or the or the 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 Grogu merchandising, which did kind of blow up, you know, because again, sure. they didn't have anything in the pipeline. Deliberately, they didn't have anything in the pipeline because that had had to be a reveal, and it wouldn't have been a reveal if it had product in the pipeline. Um, but the the pipeline is a huge factor as to why star wars has stuck with us the way it stuck with us and it and and why new things don't Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, first of all, let me, um, that was quite a uh, hyperspace jump sequence (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) that you uh, told us there. But I mean, Um, did it make
1: sense? Did it? Oh, yeah. You understand what
0: I'm going with? Okay. It it absolutely makes sense. I think, you know, uh, studios nowadays don't, uh, first of all, they don't give uh, these products a chance to find their audience. No. Um um and the second thing i wanted to mention is there is no star crash without star wars.
1: No, you're right about that. You're <laughs> right about the I mean we think that. We think maybe. that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But um but there yeah, is space balls without star wars, right?
0: Right, right. <laughs> but you know it absolutely i think um you know it's it's funny. You know movies have always been a product, but i think nowadays movies as a product um really has um damaged uh the the way that we that we look at at film and and movies and blockbusters uh mm-hmm. of of the day you know these present days versus the blockbusters of um of yesteryear i think the you know the older blockbusters um were event films they were um i, I like to use the the term tentpole act, uh you know events um, Star Wars in the summer I hate the fact that they moved it to December But that's another podcast
1: <laughs> You know, I actually came to embrace it At first I was like, no, it must be May But then it was like, oh, wow It's actually, I like the time of year And my my wife is a teacher And she kind of made it the first the first three years uh, She kind of made it one of those It's almost Christmas break So they did a field trip and they would take the kids To see the new Star Wars movie for those three years and You know, Force Awakens, then Rogue One And then uh, Last mm-hmm. Jedi so I, we I kind of came to embrace it because it became a kind of a family thing, and Star Wars and Christmas it took me a long time to figure out those really go together in my brain, you know, uh yeah. you know, Hallmark does all the Christmas ornaments, everybody goes crazy with the Christmas ornaments, yeah. and uh, I used to reject that, and people would give me Star Wars Christmas <laughs> ornaments, and I'd go, "Oh, thank you, because I would sit back and I'd be like, "Nothing says the birth of Christ, like the death star and uh <laughs> right you know but but As I started thinking about it, I went, well, you know, if you look back at my Christmas memories, some of my fondest Christmas memories are of opening that new Star Wars toy on Christmas morning, (laughs) you know? And so it became over time like, well, you know, Star Wars and Christmas really are deeply intertwined in my memories and my heart and my mind. So I started to embrace the Star Wars Christmas ornament thing, Um, not to the point that I could convince my wife to allow me to buy that Cloud City ornament this year, but – you know it, have you seen that thing by I the sure way have. it's insane yeah. insane oh i i i can't tell you how much how much wood grew when i first saw that but anyway um <laughs> i it, but uh oh now i've lost myself now talking about the ornaments but uh oh where the hell was i where the hell was i going with this just
0: about uh the pipeline and how uh no. <laughs> you know speaking of wood it was yes. the pipeline
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Where's uh, where's this
0: where's this segment going?
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um yeah but it's, it's going it, better than the century. Oh no, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> century mode.
0: Um I I did want to give you a piece of uh trivia. Okay. Um Star Wars opened to how many theaters do you think it opened to back in May of 1977? What do you think?
1: I'd say no more than a dozen.
0: It's um It's weird to think what the
1: real number is. What is it? 32 theaters. Oh, 32. Okay. So it was more than, it was a couple dozen and a half. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, And then obviously, you know, the popularity, once uh, people started uh, word of mouth, uh, it grew up to 1,700 theaters um, as the movie reviews started to create buzz for the film. Uh, Conversely, uh, Rogue One opened to a little over 4,000 theaters across the U.S. on the first day. Yeah. and you know you got to take it for a grain of salt, but uh, the uh, there were more theater. There's more theaters now.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned when I first saw Star Wars, I saw it at the on the right hand side of Lanier Twin. Uh, a couple of years before that, it was just the Lanier Theater, and then they built a wall down the middle of it and put two screens in. Yeah, um, and then a few years later, it, the same space became the Lanier Five. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, totally. and now yeah. it's nothing. It's it's just an empty building now, unfortunately. But that's too bad yeah I know it really is because when I see it I go golly that's you know the memories there Mm -hmm. but um, you know and and where I first saw Empire and Jedi was the Altama triple cinema and it doesn't exist anymore but our big theater you know we've got a 14 plex now and so yeah there are a lot more screens I remember when when going back to Jurassic Park when I think it came out on like 3,000 screens and that was a huge deal at the time 3,000 screens and now any blockbuster yeah you're pushing 4k Right, let's right. move on. What do you got for me? Okay. Is the sequel trilogy Uh-oh. just as divisive <laughs> if George Lucas had made it? Um, And I'm, I'm talking his sequel trilogy, not if it, the same three movies came because the th- same three movies would not have come out. And George Lucas made the sequel trilogy. But if George Lucas had made his sequel trilogy, uh, it would have been as divisive as the sequel trilogy has been,
0: with the midi chlorians and the microscopic world and all that. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there for it. You know, I I don't think it would be. And uh, the, we are we are kind of like weirdly connected here because my next question is 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 kind of related, and it's, okay. it's along the same. Um, you know, vain there. But, um, if George Lucas created his own trilogy and I know, you know, there was some chatter on the Twitters where, you know, the people were saying that, uh, you know, it would have been, you know, Luke would have turned out to be the same thing. And I don't know why people are fussing and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think when it comes to, to his sequel trilogy, I would say that it would be less divisive because he's the one that created the, the entire, uh, Bolo X. Mm. Um, and I think people might accept that a little more than, uh, than anyone else, um, who created a sequel trilogy story, uh, JJ, Ryan, whatever. Mm. So to me again, you know, um, I know uh, you know, only Sith deal in absolutes, but if I had to absolutely <laughs> say uh, yes or no, I would say no. It would not uh, be as divisive if uh, George had created his version of a sequel trilogy, his version of the continued story of his original characters. I think um, it's, it's something that I definitely would love to have seen. And uh, mm. conversely, I do feel that George probably should have finished – his trilogy and then sold it to star Wars. But I, I realize um, uh, that he used that as a bargaining chip to be able to, uh, 100% he you know, did. sell yeah. it, sell it to Disney. It's, it's unfortunate again, getting back to, uh, you know, the, the business of, of filmmaking, you know, star Wars became a, a juggernaut, uh, of a product, um, yeah. with his, uh, you know, with his leadership there. Um, but, um, You know, who knows? But uh, I I do feel that uh, it would not be as divisive if uh, George was in charge of creating his own story, creating his own conclusion to the story that he started uh, way back then. I think uh, less people would be uh, upset and there probably would be less angry YouTubers out
1: there. I'm going to you know what? I'm going to take the difference. The other side on this one. All right. I'm going to say, uh, and and with with a little subtlety, I know nobody else does subtlety, but thank goodness you allow subtlety here. Um, <laughs> I think it would be just as divisive, but the people would have lined up on different sides. Hmm. I think it would have been just as divisive, but people would have lined up on different lines. I, 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 a lot of the people that I see who are big sequel trilogy defenders were also people who really not it's not you know straight up and down but uh, a lot of the people who are big sequel trilogy defenders are also people who slagged the the prequels by and large particularly episodes one and two so uh i, I feel like again there was so much vitriol from some corners of fandom from the first two anyway in the in the prequel trilogy I feel like there still would have been a divide in fandom because there would have been people who would have, as you say, loved it because George Lucas did it and it's him telling his story, which is the thing I love. Um, but I think there would have been corners of fandom that were just ready to poo-poo it. and uh, it, But I just – I don't know that it would be divided on the same lines. I think there would still be angry YouTubers, but it would be different angry YouTubers.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I can see that. And then again, you know, I mean, you can't please everyone 100% of the time. No. I'm sure we would be living in an alternate universe with alternate (laughs) angry YouTubers.
1: (laughs) Yes, we absolutely would be. (laughs) And some of the people that are like the shining lights of fandom now would be in that alternate universe. It would be like, you know, Spock with the goatee. Yes. It would be be those those guys would be actually the evil uh, angry YouTube guys.
0: all right we're going to continue with five questions after this i just want to say a big thank you to some of our patrons who help us keep the lights on here at the Scare scuttlebutt podcast we'll be right back All right, folks, I wanted to take a little break and say thank you to all the patrons here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. You all remind me to make sure that we spit out some good product here from topics to technical. We want to make sure that you are proud of us enough to attach your name to this show. First of all, our executor tier, Scott and Kim of the Use and Abuse podcast, a proud member of the Red 5 family. Make sure to check them out. Visit them in the chat when they go live for fun and shenanigans. And speaking of shenanigans and other wonderful supporter nicholas schaefer mr backyard tardis himself hey he's got a channel adventures in locksmithing and if you think rekeying is all he does well you should watch a few of his videos and prepare yourself for the crazies all right and moving on to our garrison tier big thanks to the frank our resident back to the future expert log in and say hello. What's up, Frank? Melanie Marquita, big high five to you, my friend. One of my favorite collaborators. We got comics and cosmetics. Danny, her YouTube channel's got the latest nerd news and some awesome tips on comics and cosmetics. Go give her a sub. Alright, big shout outs to Alex, the salty nerd himself. Nicole, peace, love and all fandoms. And someone who brings joy to my timeline, Belinda. So glad you're on this list. I also want to give a special shout out to vader rapina and rennie and of course ollie and family thank you guys for your support thank you patrons and friends of the podcast if you're interested in helping to keep the lights on here get some exclusive scare of swag stickers and my periodic row rant episodes head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt remember we can't have the scuttle without the butt
2: Hello there, Rancho Obi Wan, the Guinness World Records certified largest Star Wars memorabilia collection, located in Petaluma, California, featuring the collection of super collector, author, and Star Wars fan ambassador Steve Sansweet. The most powerful Jedi ever. Visit Obi-Wan.org and subscribe to the Rancho Obi Wan Virtual Museum. <laughs> a fun, authentic fan experience featuring rare photos, videos, Steve Sansweet Q A's, virtual tours of the museum, exclusive behind the scenes stories and information and so much more. Plus, your subscription helps ensure the future of the museum. It's the Rancho Obi-Wan Virtual Museum. Subscribe now at RanchoObiWan.org. Get tons of cool perks, information, and history of Star Wars collecting from the man who knows it best, Steve Sansui, while contributing to the preservation of the world's largest Star Wars memorabilia collection. RanchoObiWan.org.
0: And we have returned somehow the scuttlebutt podcast has returned just like Palpatine. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we're uh, in the middle of five questions and uh, I got Scott here uh, asking five questions. We, um, these are always fun. Like I said, we, uh, we don't, uh, give each other the, uh, the questions beforehand. I like to, uh, kind of answer and, and, and hear them off the cuff. So this has been a lot of fun. You having fun?
1: Oh yeah. This is, I love doing stuff like this and especially like it just right off the cuff. Like you said, that's, that's, I I yeah, I'm having a blast. Excellent, a lot more fun than I was during Century Mode. <laughs> this is
0: this is kind of your rematch. Uh, this will erase yeah. uh, the the horrible memories you you had
1: on Century Mode. Yeah. So I will stop waking in the middle of the night screaming, <laughs> going Nell, Nelly, Nell, what's her name? <laughs> yeah, Nellith, Nellith,
0: Nellith? Leia,
1: <laughs> sweating and oh, it's awful.
0: All right. So, um, the last question you asked me was, uh, regarding, uh, George Lucas's, um, sequel trilogy and if the fans yeah. would be, um, as divisive if he, uh, took charge and finished off his, uh, his own sequel trilogy. I, I have, I told you that I, I had kind of a related question. Um, mm-hmm. back in the nineties, if you remember, George Lucas was toying with, uh, bringing, uh, you know, um, big screen, special effects and stories to the small screen through the, yeah. um, through the, uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yep. And, uh, there was a lot of experimentation with technology there. Um, he really wanted to, uh, be able to bring his stories to the small screen, uh, without, uh, without spending a lot of money. He wanted to bring star Wars to television. Um, so my question to you is, uh, what do you think that star Wars would have looked like versus the star Wars that we have now on the small screen?
1: Um, I, th- as far as quality of look or just, or is that just so open-ended I can do whatever I want with it? Oh, it's open-ended. Uh, I think it would look great. Uh, I remember parking myself in front of young Indiana Jones every week and I'll be honest with you, or every week that I could find it cause it moved it around on the schedule when it was on ABC. Um, and to be honest with you, it there were times when it was a slog uh, there were times when it was very hard to sit all the way through the whole episode um, I
0: particularly didn't like the the episodes with uh, with the little kid I was more Corey in,
1: carrier episode, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I was more in tune with the uh, the more uh, older teenager adventures because obviously there was a lot of action yeah. um, and, and the, the, the the actor was um,
1: what is it Sean Pat- Patrick Flannery right right he was really cool. Yeah, you know, and I think I think they got that message, too, because if you remember Corey Carrier, he went away after a while. And uh, the the majority of the stories pretty much wound up being Sean Patrick Flannery. And you're right. I mean, you know, he's he's in Mexico with Pancho Villa and he's fighting in World War One for Belgium and, you know, just uh, with his buddy Remy. And, uh, yeah, there there is a uh, there was a lot more interesting story to me going on with with uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, Indy as opposed to Corey carrier but you know one of the things that that it was always a marvel to watch the show because it did look so good again sometimes the episodes were tough to sit through just because they were very slow paced sometimes but it was uh it was a very great looking show uh so i think i think quality wise i think you would have had a and and clone wars my goodness some the the, even even when the figures look kind of rough the first couple of seasons the ships the the you know, the, the space battles, that kind of thing, all just gorgeous, very expensive looking stuff. I think the Lucas TV series would have looked fantastic. And I think again, things that come out of George Lucas's brain are not the things that come out of other people's brains. Right. Uh, And I, and I think it would have been a very interesting show. I think it would have told a long overarching story in ways that they hadn't figured out in TV yet. Um, and I think it, I think it, I think it would have been a riveting watch to tell you the truth. Um, it, you know, one of the things we talked about, the 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 uh, fandom kind of slagging the first couple of prequel films. I think there is a lot more prequel appreciation right now because of the Clone Wars series. Sure. And what he did with that and how he fleshed out that era to the point that uh, things that people didn't necessarily like about those first few movies, they kind of get more. They kind of understand more. They, it, it makes a little more sense to them. Uh, I, I, think that's the George Lucas that was telling the clone war stories that would have told that TV series. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, that was a thing that I used to always think. And for some reason in my head, it was always going to be on CBS that one day there would be a star Wars TV series and we'd get, you know, star Wars adventures every single week. Uh, and again, I don't know why, I guess because this holiday special was on CBS, but I always had it on CBS in my head that, that fake star Wars show in my head. But yeah, I, I think it would have been a, a fantastic, uh, show that that you know look wise would have been very very similar to the prequels
0: yeah i think um we uh in the, you know earlier we talked about an alternate uh universe i think uh yeah. i would love to visit that uh that alternate universe just to kind of see what a uh star wars on television would have been in the 90s i think yeah. uh you know george you're right Um, he would have been able to flesh out some really great stories, um, of, uh, I don't know of of any, any era. And I don't know if he would have gone, uh, you know, the route of the prequels where he maybe would have introduced, um, you know, what he introduced in episode one, I thought Mm. for the prequels, I think episode one should have been kind of like a little bit of a flashback and then maybe concentrated on, uh, more of the adolescent Anakin to kind of start to see his, his failings, his training, his not training, his, the, the whole prophecy thing. Um, but I, I, I really think that, uh, we had the ultimate, um, Uh, Missed opportunity when it comes to Star Wars on the small screen in the 90s, Um, you know, George Lucas and and ILM. I mean, they were really doing some groundbreaking stuff on the small screen, uh, you know, prepping for it. And obviously, uh, you know, it um, it came to a uh, culmination with uh, with The Phantom Menace. All of the things that were worked out in the 90s um, came to a head uh, for Phantom Menace. So I, I'm not going to take any uh, of those achievements away from from George there. Um, George, if you're listening, you know, uh,
1: you're my boy, man. Yeah, that's it's good that you stay on George's good side. But, Absolutely. I want to jump in on something, though. When you were talking about episode one uh, and you wanted it to kind of more focus on Teenage Anakin, do a little bit of flashback, and then focus on teenage Anakin. Um, to me, that's not what Episode One is, and I'll tell you why. Um, episode One, if you if you watch that film, watch that film through this prism at some point. Um, everything in the film, you know, when when I was in college, and I took writing classes, which which that was my major. Um, we would always have teachers tell us, you know, when you start writing, know what your ending is going to be. And then everything that you do should be in the service of getting you towards that ending. I've heard that. Yeah. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't serve the purpose of getting you towards that ending, throw it out. It shouldn't be there. And uh, so, so when you watch this film, think about what every, what is, and I'll ask you this, what does every single thing in that film do? What does it serve? Mm. And and I mean, everything that happens in that film ultimately serves one thing. Um,
0: the, I guess, uh, the events that, uh,
1: that shape, uh, a, a, a character. Everything in episode one, everything that happens, happens in order to put Palpatine in charge. Oh, sure. Everything in that movie. So, and I think that's probably what throws a lot of people off. as They watch it going, oh, Anakin, and we'll watch Anakin's story. But really episode one is about how does Emperor Palpatine become... You know, the guy in charge of the Republic, right? Everything that ha- every finding Anakin, bringing him in on this, you know, getting Qui-Gon out there, the, you know, the, working both sides of it. All of it is geared towards and, and Palpatine's playing both sides, right? Yeah. As Sidious, as sure. Sidious on the one side, as Palpatine on the other, and and of course he's very humble. Oh, oh, sir, sure, Ooh, you know, uh, it's it's an honor. I'm humbled by your, uh, you know. And he's not because he's been working it. He's everything that happens in that movie is geared towards pushing the galaxy to the point where the Republic puts Palpatine in charge. That's the movie. That's Episode One.
0: Yeah. I'll uh, I'll definitely rewatch that uh, through that lens but uh you know I've always said that Palpatine is probably the most powerful character in uh, in all of Star Wars and you know being able to see uh his rise to power his uh, manipulation I think um, I think that statement holds pretty well um mm-hmm. obviously I one of that. obviously one of my favorite characters um but uh yeah I don't know I don't know if it would have worked if uh, if George had cast any other actor, also because <laughs> um, Ian McSherrant no. is uh, is just uh, he's a, what a he's, treasure. He's a joy to watch.
1: Yes, you know. Yes, and he knows when to chew the scenes, and he knows when to step back, uh, and when he chews the scenes. Oh, it's so delightful. I mean, yeah, the guy is just wonderful to watch. Absolutely.
2: You're fulfilling your destiny, Anakin. Become my apprentice. Learn to use the dark side of the force.
1: Excellent. All right. What do you got for me? Okay. This is number three, right? Yeah. All right. Which, were there any figures back in the day? I'm talking about the original run. Hundred and whatever there were, uh, which figures, if any, did you deliberately not buy, and why? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, there's some. Was there some figure that you just were like, "I'm not buying that figure"?
0: Let me see. I'm looking at a picture of uh, of some of the original figures, but you know, the one thing that I remember um thinking to myself as a kid is the 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 playability i guess the the replayability the mm-hmm. the the ability to put these action figures in a scenario that would um you know generate hours of fun playing uh in the backyard or whatever um but let
1: me let me see if i can yeah that reminds me of i just made me think about that i would i would ask my parents to buy me extra stormtroopers and like you don't need you already got one yeah you know Right,
0: <laughs> And that's on, I mean, on the opposite end that, uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, asking for extra stormtroopers as well. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy about science fiction, um, is the, I guess the science aspect of it, the, the mm-hmm. mechanics of science fiction. Um, I like science fiction movies or episodes of, of science fiction television that, That have a lot of technology because I'm supposed to be thrust into the future or into a, a, you know, a a more futuristic, um, you know, plane of existence. When they, when a, when a sci-fi show spends too much time, like in the woods, um, I'm like, you know, I've seen the woods, you know, why am (laughs) I here? So I think... If, uh, if I will, if I would have avoided any action figures, uh, you know, using that mentality, I probably would have, um, chose to, uh, leave, uh, the sand people, uh, on the peg. Uh, maybe, maybe the Jawas, uh, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. the, the droids are fascinating. The stormtroopers uh, are fascinating, um, you know for for whatever reason i've uh, developed a fascination for the empire and i think um i think for that very reason that i uh, you know explained i think the empire is uh is about the technology you've got the rebels that are more organic use the force yep. leap, you know let go um so for me yeah it's uh i would really scarf up all of the the droids and the robots and the imperials um, and then probably, you know, leave, uh, leave some rebels, uh, behind, um,
1: just for are just guys,
0: there's just dudes, yeah. you know, in a cloak, you got, uh, some guy in a bathrobe, <laughs> but then you've got, uh, you know, C-3PO is yeah. all shiny. I'm like, Ooh, ah, I'm getting that. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, that, that there's your answer. Um, that's, that's I, I, answer. I never thought of that, but, um. Yeah, good question. Yeah,
1: that's a good. Well, you had a good answer for it, so that's
0: good. All right, you ready for my number? Yeah. My number four. Okay. So we uh, talked about the sequel trilogy, and um, I know uh, we are on Twitter from time to time. We see a lot of uh, discourse and discussion, some to and fro, back and forth about the sequel trilogy. What are your thoughts on the conversation that some fans have regarding splitting off Star Wars timelines very similar to what Star Trek has done in order to tell another story another side of the story for sequels that may or may not be favorable favorable to some of the detractors of said trilogy and i I will put myself in there because obviously everybody that knows uh this podcast knows yeah. that I'm I'm not uh, that big of a fan of the the sequels, the middle film in particular. Yeah. But, um, you know, the fact, the fact that, uh, you know, Star Wars has a uh, or Star Trek has a, um, a prime timeline and uh, what do you call it? Uh, the Kelvin you know, the timeline. Kelvin timeline. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, you have to kind of uh, differentiate the two. Do you think that would work in Star Wars? Can we have a, a split uh, timeline where uh the last jedi never existed and
1: then move on <laughs> <with company. laughs> um you know I, i'm kind of a fan of uh of making it work uh their installments and i'm not a last jedi guy i am not you and i are very much in the same boat there um in fact i remember i remember uh, i told you my wife used to take the kids to a field trip for the opening day of the star wars movie and I remember we went to see Last Jedi. I'd already seen it the night before. i I'd, I'd been there uh, the night before and and caught it. And so the next day, uh, I fell asleep during <laughs> Last Jedi, my second viewing in the theater. And uh, uh, afterwards, my wife's like, "Well, what'd you think this time?" And I said, "Well, I fell asleep during Canto Bite, and it was a lot better film." So, <laughs> um, you know, I, but but I'm a fan of of making things work. I'm a fan of of going taking that thing that maybe people don't like and making it into a thing that people do like it's kind of like the clone wars show okay um so so the only the only way place that i would create a separate timeline is i think it would be interesting to do a story where the the crew has to somehow and and we've introduced time travel now i guess by the end of rebels in some way sorta Um, But where the crew has to go back and basically uh, destroy the Legends timeline and just kind of get it out of existence, Um, you know, but but cap it off in such a way that it kind of folds itself into or out of existence. Uh, And I always thought that would be a neat premise. But as far as multiple timelines and stuff like that go, I, I, I'm just I'm a bigger fan of just trying to find a way to take that thing that people don't like and make it into something that people have to reexamine and then thus find a way to like it more. Uh, I think I think a lot of people used to hate Attack of the Clones, and I th- I think still people do. Yeah. But I think fewer people hate it thanks to the Clone Wars series. Um. <laughs>
0: It's funny because I don't understand the uh, the hate. And I do see, um, you know, when people post uh, which is your least favorite uh, of the prequels and Attack of the Clone gets uh, always listed uh, as, as the worst. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like – um, there's certain aspects of that movie that I like. I think uh, you know, the the mystery aspect, the investigation of Obi-Wan and the clones mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yes. I like I kind of like that stuff. Um, yeah. so I, I that you know, I, I don't understand the,
1: yeah. the the hate for for that. Anakin um, and Padme is, is difficult. It's tough. And, yeah. and I think if if it were me, I think what I would do is you you've already established that there are and to me, it, it was an easy fix. And and I don't usually rewrite Star Wars films, but I have like two big changes I would make to Star Wars films. Uh, and episode two, I think rather than just have them go hang out on Naboo, we've already established that they are assassins trying to kill her. So why not have them as they're you know pretending to be pilgrims or whatever, have them get attacked, have them go on the run and then have them kind of fall for each other in the heightened tension of the moment. Very much like Empire Strikes Back, since this is kind of the Empire Strikes Back of that trilogy, yeah. you have you know, and, and that way you don't have to swallow the the painfulness of them sitting there expressing themselves awkwardly to each other, uh, and you have more action beats in the film as well. Uh, I think that's the big change I would make. The other change I would make is the end of, and I don't know if I've expressed this to you or not, but this is this is my thing: the end of I make I I I will make uh, the Last Jedi a much better film. In a really and make the whole sequel trilogy much better with one little addition, and that is when everybody gets together on the Falcon at the end, and Ray actually meets uh uh Poe for the first time ever, uh, believe it or not, after two films. Um, right about then, as they're flying away, and everybody's like, Okay, well, at least we got away, then you have the lights flicker and whatever, and then the Fortnite message plays over every communications device in the galaxy at last the work of generations is complete the great error is corrected
2: the day of victory is at hand the day of revenge the day of the sith
1: the fortnight message plays and then you end the film Get rid of Broom Boy. Yeah, well, you know, one of the reasons, because people well, you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker didn't open as well as The Last Jedi. Well, part of the reason is because nobody was given a reason to come back. Right. If you compare Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker to Infinity War, Endgame, you know, people were just, people were wetting their pants for a year going holy cow how are they going to undo this what is going to happen next what in the world you know it was very much a solo and carbonite type of ending right uh for for uh uh, infinity war into endgame uh at the end of last jedi we just had an ending and that was kind of it um Mm -hmm. which is not what you want for a middle film in a trilogy but all of a sudden you play that that Fortnite message over every communication device and they hear it on the falcon and then they go, holy cow! What? What was that? And then you end the film right there. All of a sudden, you've got a hook, you've got a reason to come back. People don't go well. They suddenly brought the emperor back out of nowhere for no reason, or for some reason, somehow. Uh, I think I think you make that a lot better just in the overall that way. But that, I mean, that wasn't wasn't really the the question, I guess. But if, <laughs> you, you know, just thought it's I'd like, throw that in there.
0: It's like a Palpatine uh, Amber Alert.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that, that would have, that would have, uh, that would have worked. Um, ah, that Ryan Johnson, I tell you. <laughs> darn it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. excellent. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, um, I'm, uh, you know, as, as much as I don't like, uh, you know, the sequels, uh, as, as much, um. I I would not vote for a split timeline. I think um, from a business perspective too, I think that would give the loud voices, uh, you know, that much more power uh, to say, I told you so, these movies are crap and you shouldn't like them, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I wouldn't want any uh, Star Wars fan that really enjoyed the sequels to, to feel that
1: from other fans. I think, uh, I think that would be a 100% wrong move. Well, and, and what you do, and here's the thing, here's the honest to goodness truth now. And I think you and I are reasonable Star Wars fans who have some legitimate quips or quibbles with the films. Uh, I think there are a lot of other Star Wars fans who are, I think, louder voices than ours who are going to hate those movies no matter what. Mm -hmm. So when you give in to them, there's blood in the water. It just, what's going to happen is that redo is going to be just that much worse. Yeah. You know, no matter how good it is, it's going to be worse. Sure. Um, and and so, in giving in to those voices, I, I don't think you actually will make anything better, and I don't think you'll actually change how they perceive you because they just they want to not like it. And in all honesty, a lot of them make money not liking it. So right. you know, you're not going to have them turn around and just start loving on something because that's that doesn't generate clicks. Yeah,
0: that's their bread and butter. But,
1: but yeah, so I'm I'm with you on that. I I would not want to see split timelines the only thing like i said i would like to see is some kind of a time travel thing employed to kind of fold up the legends universe out of there and then that way that way it's kind of self-contained it's got a you know kind of it's got its own ending and it can still kind of exist and you can kind of explain it instead of going well it's a different thing from different era but it's still there on the shelves because they bought those books years ago and they have to pay for it you know (laughs) yeah it's a product and they want to make money off of it so yeah yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we we're at me now for four. We are with you, yeah. sir. Okay. So earlier I mentioned the dark times briefly, and you remember the dark times. I'd peg it around maybe eighty-five, eighty-six to ninety-one. I could say ninety-one is when the dark times ended. To me, ninety-one, May ninety-one, when heir to the empire came out, was officially the end of the dark times. <laughs> Um, cause it just, it blew up immediately. And I mean, day one, that book blew up. Um, uh, but, but so the beginning of the dark times is kind of a little different because you did have little chunks of star Wars here and there, you know, you had that 10th anniversary convention, you had some of the 10th anniversary merchandise, like the omnibus and the poster, and you had the role playing game, uh, which all were 10th anniversary things. But so that's 87. You had star tours open up about 87, I guess at Disneyland, um, so there were dribs and drabs, but but really, and Star Wars 3D from Blackthorn, let's not forget that. Um, but there were there were dribs and drabs, but the dark times I'm still saying, you know, 85, 86 to May 91. Will there ever be another dark times of that magnitude? Um,
0: yes, because Star Wars is dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's funny because uh, of that magnitude. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, especially in 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 our lifetime. I think, um, you know, toy sales are down. Whether it's Star Wars or not, um, the toy industry is changing because of yep. the uh, habits of, of of children nowadays. They're playing with screens now instead of uh, toys.
1: Yeah, um, but but even with toys down, they're still making them. Yes. It's more than we can say for the dark times.
0: And I think, and, and, and like I said, I think they're still making them because us old guys are buying them
1: Yeah, for the true. most part, um, but they're being made.
0: They're being made. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, as far as the dark times um, to that magnitude, I want to say no. Um, obviously, uh, you know, there's a new sheriff in town when it comes to the ownership of star Wars. And I think uh, they're not gonna, I don't think they're going to let star Wars um, be forgotten, whether they flood the market with, uh, with shows uh, like they have been with streaming. I know, you know, Bob Iger is saying let's cut back and get back to quality versus quantity. Um, I think that's a good thing, obviously, but I think as, as, hopefully you know my thought is hopefully as they start to do this um you know people that maybe have fallen off the Star Wars wagon might come back uh word of mouth um maybe you know these older fans that have children might uh, reintroduce uh, the franchise to their kids and i think um uh, you know like we talked about the retail cycle i i'm hoping that 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 will uh pick back up again um but you know, I, I think um, you know Star Wars. For the most part, uh, it's uh, it's it's not dead. It's uh, it might uh, it might be suffering from some sniffles, maybe a little backache, for uh, lack of a better term. But um, yeah, I think Star Wars will always be there, uh, especially since uh, one of the planet's uh, most largest company. Uh, is in charge. I, I, you know, obviously getting back to the, our discussion on, you know, movies as product, I think, uh, star Wars has a, uh, or Disney has a great opportunity to be able to, I don't know, usher star Wars into the next century. Um, but they have to do it right. I think, um, uh, you know, they've, uh, they've tried a couple of things. Uh, some things have not worked. Uh, hopefully they'll get back on track and, uh, we will continue to enjoy, uh, Star Wars for another 50 years. And I'll, uh, I'll meet you back here in, uh, 24, 23, and we'll do another
1: show. All right. That sounds fair. That sounds fair. Yeah. I, I think you're right on that. I, I think it's, it's in Disney's interest to have this product out there to have it, uh, you know, in existence, um, I, yeah i don't think i don't know that we'll ever go back to what we had in the late eighties where there just was practically nothing and what little did come out was not successful um it's uh you you've got galaxy's edge sitting there it and that's that's a much larger investment than that one little simulator building for star tours right uh it, it's you know and did galactic star cruiser succeed no but we're still in an era where they spent they felt it was worthwhile to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on a star Wars attraction that even though it failed, uh, they spent the money on it and they created a, by all accounts, a tremendous experience. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's the kind of thing that happens during a dark time. So for as many people to say star Wars is dead, you know, we, we're still looking at another Mandalorian series season or maybe a movie and, you know, another Ahsoka season from what I'm understanding and one more season of Andor and, you know, the, uh, acolyte and the, uh, uh, what's skeleton, the, what's the skeleton crew, skeleton crew. That was the one I was trying to think of another bad batch seasons coming up. Yeah. So th- that's a lot in the pipeline to say, this is a dark time. Yeah. You know, and I think again, I'm with you and that, you know, it would, at this point with Disney's ownership of it, it's like, has Mickey mouse ever had a dark time? There've been times where he's less in favor, Times when he's more in favor, but he's never gone away. Sure. And, you know, Star Wars went away for a while, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. I don't know that there will ever be a dark time. I don't know that Disney will allow there to be a dark time.
0: Yeah. Like I said, you know, I mean, this franchise has grown into a, uh, you know, a major product for for a yeah. big company. Yeah. Um, It'd be interesting too to kind of again getting back to visiting that alternate universe to see if George Lucas still owned it uh, yeah. uh how he would yeah. handle you know having having
1: uh still you know own uh his own creation. Uh it's uh but, you know for Star Wars being dead I, I was totaling this up. I mentioned this to uh, my buddy Joe Joe Molinero uh on the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. Um I started thinking you know even even I who gotten disaffected by certain things I started tallying up and uh, during my era of disaffection, I spent $30,000 on a Star Wars car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, I've I've probably spent over... I've definitely spent over $400 on, on Roosevelt's shirts. I've spent over $500 on Rain Spooner shirts. Um, you know, uh, how many retro figures have I bought? Um, you know, they're, they're just... There are... Tens of thousands of dollars I've spent. You know, I just bought that new Black Series Vader helmet and I bought the Black Series Boba Fett repainted helmet. I bought, you know, so um and I and I oh good grief the the uh savvy's workshop oh yeah at Galaxy's Edge, you know, and I bought the, the full package there. Um so w- we may be disaffected a little, but I'm spending more on it than I ever have. <laughs> so they're they're not unhappy with me yeah absolutely and uh you know we've been spending since we were what eight years old yeah but we were spending you know 229 a pop right. back then and now right. now that the the, dec- the decimal point has moved uh, a couple of, <laughs> a notches couple over. of <laughs> places over yes it has <laughs> i mean each one of those rain spooner shirts is like 129 or something so and i bought every one they had so yeah oh too funny no dark times i'm with you on that
0: My uh, my uh, fifth and final question for you is a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek question. Okay. I just wanted to have a little fun um, at the uh, tail end here. Um, I asked this question to Camry uh on um, Oh no <laughs> on uh, last week's Sentry um, Mode. Um, let's see how, how you did he do on
1: Sentry Mode.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, as of this recording, my episode drops in the morning, so okay.
1: uh, so you can tell me then.
0: He's uh yeah he's in it so he did pretty well except for my final question was a caravan of courage question Ooh. and uh, he uh, he passed on that he uh, remembers <laughs> watching it once as a kid and never went uh, back oh so Cam Ray hates uh, Ewoks spread the word
1: Oh that <laughs> bastard <laughs> I love him he's so funny too funny all right.
0: My final question on five questions here on the scare of scuttlebutt podcast. How many angry YouTubers does it take to fire Kathleen Kennedy?
1: Um, that's not an answerable question because so far (laughs) all of them have not managed to get it done. Uh, and, and you know, the stupid thing about that, if, if I may go off on a jag here and hang on, let me plug my headphones back in. Um, Kathleen Kennedy deserves to be fired. Uh, (laughs) And, wow. and, 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 and look, and, and I'm not saying this for any PC or the force is female or any of that I'm literally saying that since 2020 Marvel has put about 5 billion in box office on the books. Okay. With the same TV obligations that, that Lucasfilm has had in that period of time, Lucasfilm has put about 250 million on the books in box office. With Indiana Jones barely making anything, and that's it. That's the only thing they've managed to get into theaters in the same amount of time. Um, Marvel, when you look at them item for item, product for product, Marvel is making Lucasfilm look horrible in the revenue generation game. And... there's no reason why there has to continually be every time there's a film product, directors are shuffled in, they're shuffled out, they're hired, they're fired. Writers are coming in, overhaul the project. Um, and it's like every I even look, and again, I told you, I got buddies who who write in Hollywood. Uh, I am told that, you know, force awakens was nearly Lucasfilm suing JJ Abrams for walking off the picture at one point. Um, She can't, on her own, with an organization that she has put together herself, keep creatives happy and working. She can't. And she doesn't generate revenue. That's To me, that's the bottom line. When I look at the amount of box office since 2020 that has been generated by Marvel versus the amount of box office that's been generated by Lucasfilm in that same exact amount of time with the same exact opportunities, and and don't, you know, again, don't tell me, well, they you know, they've been doing a lot of TV. So has Marvel. Same TV obligations. So Kathleen Kennedy deserves to be fired. She should not be running Lucasfilm at this point. She has demonstrated the inability to succeed with it. And yet, she's still there. And the YouTubers... What I love about the YouTubers, too, is it's always <laughs> it's always I've got inside information that she's about to be fired. It's always inside information. That's about to be. And you would think at some point that's the thing that always kills me. And I'm, and I'm going to mention a name if you don't mind. Mike Zero is one of those guys who's constantly got I've got inside him. And you would think that people who listen to these guys, because then what happens is these guys will say their stupid things. And then from there, people repeat it. And then it becomes a narrative when it was just some guy saying something. And you would think at some point, I mean, like for me, if somebody tells me something and it doesn't check out, that's suspect now. That source, sure. I don't really. And, you know, you and I both engage in news reporting. And you have a, a, a source that gives you something that does not check out. You go, okay, I'm a little more cautious with this source. Then right. you give me something else that doesn't check out. You go, okay, I'm a lot more cautious with this source. Then you give me something else that doesn't check out. And you go, all right, you know what? You're done. Yeah, I'm not. I can't. I can't trust you anymore because you you are not somebody who has been trustworthy to this point. Uh, and and why people have not jumped onto that with these YouTube guys, uh, you know, I don't disagree. Kathleen Kennedy shouldn't be running Lucasfilm at this point because of her track record, but that's not what these guys are spewing and saying. Uh, so I don't know what it is that has kept her there at this point. You know, And I don't want to hear that, well, she's one of the most respected film producers in all time because she's very seldom in any of those movies. The solo producer of any of those things, uh, very often her and Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg. And it's very hard to screw up a Steven Spielberg joint. Let's be honest. But that having been said, again, that's not that. That's also 40 years ago. Right now, she's not getting it done for Lucasfilm. She's not. She hasn't been. Uh, and whether you like the TV shows or not, that's great. Guess what they don't do? They don't make money for Disney. They cost Disney money. Streaming is a giant loser. Streaming is the future. One day it'll be a thing, but in its current model, it's a loser. It's a money loser. I love Mandalorian. I bought four of these these sons of bitches. (laughs) But you know what? It doesn't make them money. This will make them some money, these discs. But by and large, yeah. So yeah, the, the angry YouTube Kathleen Kennedy's about to get fired thing. I quit listening to that years ago because again, it never checks out. She will eventually Kathleen Kennedy will retire, and that'll be it. And then she'll open up a little production house, and she'll make movies with Frank, and she'll be happy, and she'll have lots of money, and she will go to sleep at night and not think about any of those YouTubers. <laughs> Yeah, when she retires, though, she'll be gone and the YouTubers will say, see, I told you. Yeah, I I knew it. Absolutely. We'll do that. (laughs) Absolutely. They'll do that. Uh, That's the that's the bad part about getting what I think is the right thing. But, you know, you've got people who are not anywhere who are like the exact opposite personality wise and politically of the angry YouTubers. People like Matt Bellany, who writes for Puck, who says the same. He's a guy who used to run what Hollywood Reporter. Mm -hmm. He says the same thing. He has no understanding why she still runs that place. But he also doesn't go every five seconds and go, you know, she's about to get fired. I have a secret inside sources. And he really does have inside sources. He's never said that.
0: Interesting. Ah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we are, uh, if we would be uh, flies on the wall at the boardroom at Lucasfilm, we would be an inside source.
1: Yes, we would. That's um, right. That's right.
0: All right. So like, I got a note here. Uh Don't say Kathleen Kennedy (laughs) fired on the show today. All right. All right. That's taken care of. Thank Uh, you. So your big
1: announcement of the scoop that you had at the end of the program is not going to happen now. No, I'm going to have to edit that out. You ready for my number five? Yes, sir. All right, and you went tongue-in-cheek. I'm going to go Star Wars, but not Star Wars. Oh, okay. If there, if there had, you know, like, you've got a room. Like, you look behind yourself. I'm looking at your display now. I love that. What is that 3PO head thing you've got there? It looks really cool. Oh, inside it's inside the case? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's 3PO's head.
1: Is it a 3PO head? It's like a legit 3PO head? Yeah. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> okay. But okay, so you got all I mean, you got an array of Star Wars things. Okay. Now, let's go back. Little row. <laughs> there was never a Star Wars. Star Wars never happened. Oh, Laddie, Laddie did not champion this product. Yeah. Laddie did Laddie wasn't on the on the board with uh with 20th Century Fox, didn't push George Lucas, didn't push Star Wars, it didn't happen. What would be your thing? Man, um I've always, uh, I've always
0: asked myself that question and, um, I always wondered what would be my thing because, you know, as, as a Star Wars fan, and, and obviously I think, uh, I think this applies to, to a lot of Star Wars fans. It certainly applies to you. I I would venture to say it really is in our DNA. I mean, look yeah. at our backgrounds, um, yeah. We uh, if we have a conversation with if I have a conversation uh, with my wife about the mortgage, it'll somehow it'll turn to Star Wars. If I'm yeah. talking to a co-worker about a story, it'll uh, I'll throw in something having to do with Star Wars. I mean, I was just telling my son, there's a friend of mine. When I see him calling on, on the phone, I don't pick up and say, hello. Uh, hey, how you doing? Um, hello there. My answer is. You may fire when ready, Commando. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's—I don't know. It's—it um, is like I said, uh, and I've said—I've said this quote on the uh, podcast uh, many times before. If you cut me, I will bleed. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I think tongue in cheek. Um, I've always said that I would probably be like a sports asshole, like a <laughs> like a sports loudmouth. That dresses in uh, Chicago Bears jerseys and yells at people for not winning the game or whatever the hell sports people do.
1: Um, that's that's yeah, pretty yeah. much what sports people do. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and, and, and I'm a fan, don't get me wrong. I, I love football to death, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I never got into sports. Uh, you know, the, the other day I posted a side by side picture of cosplayers and people that were dressed in sports jerseys. And, yeah. uh, you know, people were like, no, it's not the same. I'm like, it's absolutely the <laughs> fucking same. So it's, shut up.
1: 100% the same. <laughs> absolutely the same.
0: But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, obviously there are other franchises that I'm into star Trek, Mm -hmm. uh, Indiana Jones. Um, but, uh, you know, my love for star Trek, um, as you mentioned in the nineties, the dark times, there was a lot of star Trek on the small screen. And that's That's where my focus, uh, that's where my focus was, uh, during the dark times, um, you know, Voyager, the next generation deep space 9 so uh there was a little crossover there um obviously the success of uh, star wars um you know gave birth to uh george lucas wanting to explore other stories and uh, indiana jones uh, came to be so i think um you know whether it's star trek or indiana jones as far as another franchise for me um that probably wouldn't have happened anyway if if uh, star wars didn't exist um, or, yeah, Indiana st- you Jones know, Jones wouldn't
1: happen. happened. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Star Wars doesn't happen. They don't go here. Blank canvas. You and Spielberg team up, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen.
0: So, um, yeah, I think uh little row would probably still be talking about Dave Kingman and the uh, Chicago Cubs, uh, back in the seventies. <laughs> um, and then, uh, right.
1: I don't know. Andre Dawson.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Mark Grace. Yeah. Whoever that is. Mark Gray, he was the first,
1: first
0: baseman for the Cubs in I the early know. 80s <laughs> but yeah so Ryan probably, Sandberg. probably be one of those guys
1: uh, okay yeah I, you know Steve Glosson my buddy from uh, Geek Out Loud always says that if, it were, if there were no Star Wars it would be Rocky for him the Rocky films okay uh, and I love those and I saw them a million times I get that but you know I don't I know that before Star Wars my thing was Star Trek the TV show and because there was no movie And, and the Batman show, those were my two big things. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it wouldn't have just continued that way. I think, I think some of us, and I think you're this, this person. And I think I'm this person. I think we're hardwired to be a fan of something. Yeah. And so I think, I think we would have, there would have been something we would have glommed onto now. I don't know that any of it would ever have spoken to us as loudly as star Wars has. Uh, and I think we're better off for having been born when we were absolutely but um but i think i think we would have been prone to being something i mean i've got two yeah you know i've i've got <laughs> i've got two that i'm kind of all in on um and so so i kind of i've i i i kind of they're one a and one b for me star wars and kiss uh and clearly had there been no star wars there still would have been a kiss although i don't know that they would have been propelled to the same heights i mean you know when did they start peaking 77 78 right you know they got big in 75 76 but they really started peaking 77 78 you know when when they made kiss meets the phantom they tried they tried to describe it as a hard day's night meets star wars um they were wrong on both counts but uh uh you know so so i I don't know that kiss becomes kiss entirely if if there isn't a star wars but uh you know, and, and, and next generation doesn't really happen. You know, when you were talking about the the, the Star Trek franchises, although, sure. you know, it would have happened, actually, now that I think about it, chapter two would have happened. Oh, phase or phase two. two phase right. two, yeah. Yeah. Star Trek phase two would have happened on the new, univ- on the, uh, new Paramount network. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, if you've read, have you read that book, the phase two book? Uh, just Parts of it. Okay, it's a really yeah. really good book, yeah. and what you find out is that you know basically it is season one of Next Gen and the motion picture. Sure, uh, you know Decker is Riker, uh, Troy is Ailea. You know mm-hmm. it's it's it's, um, but yeah, I I it may, it may have been that new Star Trek show which would have probably happened. Sure, because I mean they were committed full bore, and then they bumped it up to a movie. Um, it probably would have stuck around in that in that era, but I think I would have been a lesser person for it.
0: I agree. Star Wars <laughs> makes us great.
1: That's right. That's right. I just I don't you know I don't know that I would have been as uh, the same as fulfilled a human being as I am now. I'll say that, and yeah. it's weird maybe, but I, it's true. No, it's very true. I uh, I one hundred percent agree. And rural farm boys going yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. As long as you don't say tantive. Now, oh, no, I'm a tantive guy. Yeah. I'm a Tantivy guy because because uh, of radio drama. <laughs> I'm a Taggy guy. Sorry, yeah. I am. I remember um, the. Uh,
0: I remember that radio drama.
1: Oh, I love that radio drama. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, it's I remember. It's I best. remember when it came out, and I could not find it on the radio. And they and uh, Starlog had a thing when Empire was coming out. You can write to your radio station and get a you know schedule. And so I wrote, and they sent me a little packet back uh, advertising it, but I still couldn't find it. And it wasn't until it came out on cassette in the, I guess it was the eight late eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out on cassette, and that's when I finally, that's when I finally got to hear that thing. I had I, never heard it until then. Till Hybr- hybrid put love it out.
0: It, yeah, I love it. I've got, um, I got all three of them. I think the original one is still the best because they expanded yes. so much of it. I think yeah. when they finally when they got to Return of the Jedi, they got a little lazy. Um, there's a, not a lot of extra stuff in there.
1: Uh, no, but it's it's a combination. It's not lazy to me. It's it's a combination of budget was tighter and Brian Daly was dying. Yeah, um, Brian sure. Daly literally died. I think I think he died on the day they finished recording it. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know Brian Daly was 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 very, very ill at that point. And again, the, I think they just had a, a non-budget. So Return of the Jedi is almost just a just a transcription of the movie almost. Yeah. Uh with a very little added to it. Empire's got some stuff added to it, especially the the first episodes, uh, you know, with the the fleet being ambushed or the, the fighters being ambushed, the transports being ambushed. Um but yeah that first Star Wars radio drama, that 13 episodes is just it's just magical. And I yeah. just remember <clears throat> I remember popping it in my Walkman. man. I remember I, th- I paid like $35 when it first came out, which was an insane sum of money back then, uh, for, you know, six, seven cassettes, whatever right. it was. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it, and it blew my mind because, you know, it's just one of the fact, let's Look right here. <laughs> I have them right here. <laughs> yeah. I have them right. The tapes right there. Um, right. But uh, yeah, it was just mind blowing because just because you could close your eyes and this thing that is supposedly, you know, and you know how it is, particularly in that period around the dark times when people would go Star Wars, it was just a bunch of special effects and nothing really to it. And that was it, just special effects and just a bunch of flash and no depth and no story, no character, blah, 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 which was kind of how people were trying to blow it off back then. Uh, But you could sit and listen to this thing and there's not one single visual effect in that thing because it's audio. Yeah. And yet it is completely transfixing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's funny. You know how they say that uh, you are never more than five feet away from a spider uh, wherever you are. With, <laughs> with us Star Wars fans, we're never more than five feet away from these Star Wars radio drama tapes. That's exactly <laughs> right.
1: Oh, I yeah. totally forgot. I got them right here in this little tub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Scott, this has been, uh, quite a treat, uh, as it is always when you are on the Scare scuttlebutt podcast, why don't you tell folks where people can log in and say, hello there.
1: All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm on X as Rifen, R-Y-F-U-N. Um, you can do that there. You can see me, Scott Rifen on Facebook. You can follow me, but you can't frame me because there's a 5,000 friend limit and I'm there. Um, but, you know, we can still chat. We can still interact. You can hit me up on Messenger or whatever. And, uh, you know, if you want to get hardcore just news talky, uh, you know, my, my show... My daily radio show is available on podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app and wherever you get your finer podcasts. So that's about it. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, it's always fun talking to you. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Again, thank you very much for joining me on this final episode of 2023 here at the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. I hope everyone did enjoy our five questions. Uh, we uh, we really got uh, deep. Uh, did some deep dives and these questions were fantastic thank you so much again uh, for a wonderful 2023 uh, looking forward to more collaborations with other people uh, as well uh, come 2024 It's uh, it's been a treat to be able to uh, talk Star Wars and share uh, my feelings with uh, friends like Scott and uh, friends of the podcast it's been fantastic uh, happy new year everyone be safe uh, may the force be with you and uh, yeah, thank you so much again for uh, supporting the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. Uh, until next time, this is Ro, your friendly neighborhood Ro from the scaref Podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. yes i saved it for last our winners of this month's scare swag giveaway a darth vader christmas tree ornament goes out to two of our supporters congratulations to vader rapina and andrew haley okay guys make sure to tag us when you get them Look for more fun, more discussions, and deep dives in 2024 from the scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. Happy holidays, and we'll see you back here sometime in mid-January. And just a reminder, if you've enjoyed the scare Scuttlebutt Podcast this year, please tell a friend or two and consider giving us a review wherever you download your other favorite shows. Don't forget to look for other shows on the Red 5 Network. Head on over to bio.link slash red5. Remember, it's always sunny on Scare.